official soccer podcast. This is the third edition of our podcast. Um, I'm here with my co-host, Suleiman Lassisi. How's it going? Going very well. Bori, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Uh, just watching a lot of games, um, semifinals and finals coming up. So uh, very excited for the next few weeks coming up. Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up. How do you feel about the the game that just ended that we just saw, the U.S. women's national team versus the Lionesses of England? I would say one of the most interesting game I've ever watched this in this whole World Cup. Um, just because it was intensity, I could see people, the, the girls fighting, uh, there was emotion, um, and I, I thought it was a, a good game in, in, in general. I was not happy about the penalty, though. Um, I think the... Um, I think the 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 VAR check was was wrong. I don't think that I don't see how that was a penalty. Uh, but uh, it was it was a good game in general for me. Like I couldn't even take my eyes off it. It was hard for me to take my eyes off it. But this was a very good game, very very classic game. I feel the same. Just watching the game, I didn't think England had that much when it came to like matching the. The, the specific skill sets of the United States women's national team, but they played a very good game, and I, I don't feel any sympathy for them, just going off of the game against Cameroon, but I, I'm impressed by the way they play. I would have to say that they competed against the U.S. and I'm I'm getting a little bit of a vibe from the U.S. women's national team against France and against England. For the most part, they were on the defending foot. Yes, so I know I, don't, I don't know how that is going to translate going forward into the final. Are they going to actually going to come out and play an attacking style? They've won so far. Yeah, and and that counts for a lot because what you really need is to win. But I would like to see the U.S. Women's National Team play free flowing style of football. Yes. that they've become known for. Yeah, so that's that's the only thing missing. Yeah, it is weird, and like I actually did notice that, and I think that also it feels like they were you know like. Defensive, like Moreno style, almost. Uh, I mean, not too Moreno style, but like I, I could notice they were tracking back, and it seems like it was a different tactic from even the group stage. Uh, but maybe they were just playing lesser teams. The other thing I also noticed was um, England was had was more physical than than USA in terms of like it seemed like they had more strength. Um, because I noticed towards the end of the game when there was like seven minutes added, they were trying to protect the ball and all that stuff. But like the English girls were just pushing them away like easily, and I was just like, okay, like I thought USA Americans are supposed to be strong, but not not in this case. I, in that sense, I think it was more of actually play acting. They, they needed to play like that. They needed to fall easy. They needed to take those hits and just go to the ground as quickly as they could because they wanted to waste as much time as they could. I think it was just part of game mining. Yeah, I don't know. It, it felt so easy. It felt like something that... If the refs the ref didn't, call, didn't fall for any yeah, of that. Yeah, like yeah. It, was, it felt so like... It was like basically like I tap you on the thing and you just fall. But like, I don't know. Um, but anyways, um, it, it, was a, it was a good game. Um, I, I don't agree with the VAR penalty. I don't think it, she... Touched maybe I don't know. It was a very close call, but I don't. I couldn't believe that they called give it a penalty. If I would say anything, I would say that actually just points to the very few limitations that you can find of VAR. Because there was just a tiny little pocket there that even VAR couldn't pick out. I I wasn't convinced that the U.S. Sarabon I think didn't push Ellen White. I think she actually touched her, nudged her a little bit, but you couldn't catch that on VAR. And I think it was just more instinct. However, the referee shouldn't have called that because yes, it wasn't it wasn't a clear call. It wasn't decision. clear. Yeah, I, yes. I don't know why they called that. I mean, but anyways, we'll we'll, uh, we'll 
yeah, we'll see what happens next game. Um, Netherlands is playing Sweden tomorrow. Well, and I know I, I think you're a fan of one of the teams. I, I just think Netherlands have been the dark horse of this tournament. They've, they've gone through, like, they won the group nine points, and they've, they've done very well the whole tournament, and I don't, nobody has really paid attention to them. They have a forward Vivian Medema, who's been really good. She's, she's been outstanding. She has, I think she has four goals now, and she just, she can't stop scoring. So I, if I were to choose, not, notwithstanding the fact that Sweden actually upset Germany, Germany yes. which is no mean feat, yeah. but I just think that the Netherlands might actually have a chance to make it to the finals in this tournament. Yeah, that would be you no, know, it would be good to see. Uh, I just I have a feeling I for some reason I totally forgot that Germany got knocked out because uh, I was thinking in my head it's going to be a Germany USA final, but now I think because I was going to think there was, was going to be an upset this final, but I don't see it. I don't know. I may be wrong, but I, I think USA has this one in the bag. But we'll have to wait and see. I just I I I really want to congratulate the USA for beating England, but. I'm gonna just hold on to this and yep. wait until the finals over. I I I am supporting the U.S. and I yeah. I would like for them to go through. Don't get me wrong. I think it's boring that the U.S. wins every t- you know a lot. So I would rather see somebody else. But uh, we'll see. I, I'll actually be watching the, the game tomorrow closely to see if Netherlands or Sweden will have a chance against them. Awesome. So we're gonna go uh, continue talking about our favorite tournament. I think uh, Copa America. Sure. So with the Copper America, I, it's, it's been an interesting knockout stage with going from 90 minutes of regulation time to penalty kicks. I wonder how, how much of that translates as a, like, has a psychological effect on the players because you, 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 can, you can even come into the second half and thinking all we have to do is defend through the second half and then we have a chance of competing against a team that we would not even have been able to compete against in the first place. So I'm wondering... Do, does the regulation time and the the short period between ninety minutes and penalty kicks affect the outcome of penalty kicks and and how the players are fared so far? Yeah, that's a very <clears throat> interesting point. Um, I I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You mean in terms of fatigue? Is that what you or just mentally? Maybe, me- mentally, maybe there's not even enough fatigue. Penalty shootouts become interesting because you have thirty that, extra yeah. minutes that you play. That, that induces fatigue, but there's not even enough of that. So does that make it such that... Quality penalty. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And yeah, it's just interesting. But I would say that in terms of strategy, I've seen... We, we've seen four knockout games and three of them have gotten to quarterfinals. Wait, which one didn't go to quarterfinals? Uh, which, which one didn't go to pen- oh, penalties? Oh, the Argentina game. Oh, okay, okay. I was, just, yeah, I was yeah. just asking. Deservedly so. Argentina <laughs> played a good game. So it's just... I see, I see a trend in the strategy. Teams are just coming out and saying, let's defend all 90 minutes. We don't have to do it for an extra 30. And it's penalty kicks. Yeah, I think I definitely noticed in the Brazil-Paraguay uh, game and the Uruguay-Peru especially, um, I, I noticed that Paraguay... I think they weren't necessarily defending the whole game, but I think towards like the last... Uh, the last 30 minutes, I could see Paraguay and Peru actually defending and trying to make sure that like they go to penalties, which, you know, uh, I mean, well, it didn't turn out well for Paraguay, but it turned out well for Peru, so good for them uh, that they were able to get through. Um, I want to talk about, you know, obviously, we have to talk about Argentina. That's the that's the podcast. It's an Argentina soccer podcast. <laughs> um, I personally think Messi is not showing up in this tournament, um, and I, I don't know how I feel, but like it seems that they've gotten their groove back a little bit. I don't think it's still enough for them to beat Brazil um, tonight. Um, what what would you say is your prediction, or what, what do you think about the Argentina in the, as a whole, especially against Venezuela? 
Argentina played a good game against Venezuela. You don't, you don't need Messi to show up every night to get a W. All you really need is the remainder of the group showing up and playing collectively, and they did that. So who, we, who scored for Argentina? We had um, Lotaro Martinez score, and we also had Lucelso score as well. So it was a really good performance from the team collectively. And now Messi doesn't have to show up every night. He doesn't yeah. have to show up every day. We're, the next game is against Brazil, yes. and that's where his presence is mostly needed. Yeah. His teammates have helped get him there. He can come out and show the team that he has something to offer. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I makes sense, but I. Again, I want to talk about, like, you can have a very good player and it, it, it looks like he's lost on that field. But let me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you something. This is something I actually heard um, somebody, some pundits talk about. Um, you see Messi's, he's played a lot of free kicks in this game. And I don't know if you've watched them, but they are awful. It feels like I'm the one playing the free kick. You know, they're awful. And you're really bad at free kicks, so... I am. Well, yeah. I don't... I'm that, not even... That, that, that does say um, a lot. But, no, it... Like, he scores free kicks for, for, for Barcelona. How, why, does, why does that not translate to Argentina? I think this game is very interesting. Just Messi fitting in Argentina is very, is very different. I, I still have this theory that he is... A, I think that's Messi's doppelganger. There's no way that is Messi. Because if he's, if he's missing free kicks like that, like free kicks that he normally scores like, like nothing... What, what what is the difference between playing in La Liga, playing free kicks in La Liga, and playing free kicks in Copa America? It has to be a mental thing. I actually think free kicks follow the law of large numbers. The more you take, the more you score, and then you have the effect when when you start scoring them, when you start scoring one, you keep scoring more. So I don't I don't I don't really think it has anything to you do. You think with it's the game. so? So you think it's just a bad? Uh, it's just it's bad just patch the, of, bad of, patch in. In his ex- like in, in his career, he will pick them up tomorrow and score because he's done it before. It's just, I mean, yeah, he he'll, he'll hey. get them. He might he might get he might get something against Brazil, and we'll this see. whole conversation will be wow. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and Brazil is playing Argentina in a few hours actually from us recording, and we I, I think we can do a prediction. I think I have a prediction of what's going to happen in Brazil, Argentina. Okay, let's hear um, your prediction. Yeah, so my prediction, as usual, both teams are, have a very bad attack. Um, so they they don't score as much as they should, based you know given the players that they have. Um, I think this will go into penalties, and I think uh, Argentina will have it on penalties. Okay, That's who's, my who is your player to watch out for? It, it, oh, in in both teams or just in, in the whole game? In the whole game. Um, so I will actually give the player to watch out as. Um, it depends. I I think if. Me personally, I think if if Dybala comes in, if Dybala plays from the beginning, I think he's going to change things. I think he's the only one that could probably have an effect on the game, uh, on the Argentina side especially. Um, but he's not been starting, and once when he starts, he the the game changes in terms of like I think there's more speed. It feels like, um, I, but I think if if he starts from from the beginning, it, it, he's a good player to watch uh, if, if he actually starts. Um, in terms of for on the Brazil side, um, I want to give it to your boy. Um, what's his name? Everton. Everton. I want to give it to Everton. Um, again, very like I don't. Um, fourth is the one that will be defending against Everton, and I don't see how fourth is going to defend against Everton. I, I think fourth is going to get destroyed, uh, and so so I think I, I picture Brazil on the left left side attacking from the left side, and, and well, if they've watched the videos and, and stuff. Seeing that there's a vulnerability on that, le- on th- I mean, sorry, on the right, right, right side of right defense of Argentina, um, <clears throat> fourth is to me horrible. 
he showed it in, in Tottenham. He's shown it here. Horrible defender. So I think Arsenal has an edge in that angle, and I hope they open their eyes and, and have a backup for him. So Dybala plus, you have a plus for Dybala, you have a negative for Foyt, and you have a positive for Everton. Is that right? Yes. Okay, yes. Cool. Yes. My prediction for this game would actually be that Gabriel Jesus, who had a wonderful game against Paraguay, he stepped up and took that PK that won them the game. And it's, it's just so amazing that we forget that he's just 22 years old. And just the calm to take that penalty kick and, and score that goal in that moment, given the fact that he actually missed the PK in the previous game against Peru. So he had something to make up for. I think this is actually his game. Yeah, yeah good. So, good. <clears throat> yeah. Is there anybody on the Argentine side that you're watching or you don't? Like, you think... I think Lotaro Martinez has okay. been consistent. He's, he hasn't been super spectacular, but he's been consistent throughout this tournament. So if anyone were to take it for Argentina, I would go with Lotaro Martinez. Cool. I don't know if uh, Gabriel Jesus is the, is the perfect big game player. Um, at least he's not showed it in City, or but maybe you could argue that he showed it last game. But I, I'm talking about big games in terms of like big opponents. Yeah. Um. So we'll, we'll see. I, I don't. I don't see how he's going to show up tomorrow. I, we'll, I, we'll definitely see. I see him as a typical. He's not your flair and score and dribble Brazilian, but you can see the Sela Sao Samba style of play in yes. his DNA, and and I just expect a lot from him in this game. Do you want? Do you want to know what my opinion is What's about opinion? Brazilians and, and flair? Yeah. If you're Brazilian and you don't have flair, get out of the game. Like, the, I watch Brazil for entertainment. I see. Yeah. I see. And, and, and that's fair. But there are times when you just have to grind out a victory. Sure. And against Argentina, there's nothing better than a hard-fought victory. Yeah. I, I guess I just miss Ronaldinho. That's, that's we, all, <laughs> we all do. We all do. It's, it's we need a new Ronaldinho yeah, in this game. Someday. Talking about the predictions, do you want to give your prediction about the Chile-Peru game? Um, well, I have a prediction, and my prediction is Chile is going to win that game outright. I don't think it will go into penalties. I think Chile is a strong uh, opponent, uh, and Peru will not stand a chance. I think uh, Peru got lucky last game um, with holding, you know, holding Uruguay to penalties and then winning penalties, but I don't see how Peru is going to win. I think Chile will win, and I want to say 2-0. Oh, that's a bold prediction. 2-0 sounds like you actually are very sure of, of Chile's chances. Yes. I actually also think Chile would win, and I would take it a notch up and say, of all the teams I've seen in this tournament, Chile is the most ruthless team, and I think they'll win this tournament. Yes, yes. That might be going too far, because what I'm calling is a three-peat. They've already won the last two tournaments, but just how they play as a team, I think they have this in the bag. Um, so, given that... If Argentina goes past Brazil, I think that's where Messi shows up. He will destroy Peru, uh, Chile. So I don't think they'll do a 3P. But that's a feature prediction. We'll see, I can't we'll predict about now, that. But we'll about that. Argentina has to go through Brazil first. So I, and it, to be honest, I really can't tell what's going to happen. Anything can happen in penalties. But I, I see both of them playing almost reserved and, and it going to just penalties. So and we've, and, we've seen a lot of those happen in when two big teams play and just play conservative and just wait it out until penalties. That way you don't have to blame anybody. Yeah. Well, the keeper. Is the, yeah. Um, cool. All right. Let's move on to our favorite uh, continent. 
Africa. The continent of Africa. Yes. Lots of exciting soccer games going on there and actually surprises as well. I mean, the other day, was it Sunday, Madagascar beat Nigeria? Do yeah. You, do you, you know, tell me I, your experience about that game? You know, you know, when we started this podcast, I thought the first thing you were going to say, when we started this, this episode, I mean, I thought the first thing you were going to say is... Um, Oh my God! You know Madagascar in Nigeria because you actually called me and I was I, I was with friends and I couldn't pick up at the time. But you called me after the game and I was just like, why is this guy calling me? And then I realized, oh no! Like what happened in the game? And then I you know I, I so I, I didn't watch the game at the moment, but I watched the highlights eventually. Um, and to be honest, I can't tell you what happened. Um, well, I can, and I'm gonna give them I'm gonna give an excuse for them. So um, for people that listen at home. Um, I think uh, two episodes ago, um, uh, Sulaiman basically said, you know, I said Nigeria's going to win the tournament. Sulaiman said, no way, they're going to win the tournament. And obviously, Madagascar, this is the first time um, playing in the African Nations Cup, and they upset Nigeria 2-0. <clears throat> and um, I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, first of all, Nigeria qualified out of the group. They were the first in this whole tournament to qualify to the, to, to the quarterfinals. So... And I think that mentality and that happiness and that uh, hangover of, of joy overcame them during the game. It's not a good excuse, but also we noticed there were five changes in that lineup. So Nigeria, uh, uh, the coach changed you know, five players and the keeper was the third choice keeper. He also played, um, the, 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 the right winger was also third choice, Samuel Kalu was the third choice. Uh, right winger um, so he made a lot of changes I think he wanted to just see how these players like he played some plays and don't forget the goals that were scored were from mistakes and deflections I mean not that that's you know goals are goals right I'm not gonna say goals are, like I'm not discrediting to, discrediting to them but I think there were so many things that made them not win that game and and I, I just you know I, I think it's a wake, wake up call for them and I think this wake up call because the media went bonkers with this because everyone was posting Debutants, Madagascar, upset Nigeria. So I think that press is a is a, is going to be a motivation for them in the next round. And Nigeria plays Cameroon in the next round. I I mean it's a very tough game. I love Clarence Lidov, who is the Cameroon's coach, but you know uh, I, Cameroon is playing just like Nigeria. They they can't score, they can't defend. So I can't say what's going to happen. But I I think Nigeria still has in the bag because I think because they have a wake up call and the wake up call is they got beat by a debutant. Team. What a nice defense you put up. You of should, course, I'm should, a defender. That's why I play when I when I play soccer. Right? You, sh you should be the attorney for the Nigerian <laughs> coach right now because you, you literally defended him for every wrong decision I think he made. But I would tell you this, that the only problem I've always had with this Nigerian setup is a lack of organization. And it, was, it, it, hadn't been, it couldn't be more clear than on Sunday. Like I, we, we just couldn't. Put a string of passes together. What did you mean, organize? So organization in on terms the of field. On the field. I'm not okay, even talking got it. about the football got association. It, got it. Got it. Just we don't have a playing identity. We go out there, but, but make the passes that we think would possible you, to would, make. Would you blame that? Is that the coach's fault or whose fault is that? That is the coach's fault. That's the okay. setup. What? How do you play as a coach? Like, yeah. what are your channels? Yes. Who, who yes. does the ball go through? I saw Alex Iwobi playing like a central midfielder. Yeah, and he's which, a which yeah. isn't what. Who he is. He is. Yeah, so, yeah. like, just a lack of identity is what makes me feel like when they play superior teams, well-organized yes. teams, yes. they will be run out of town. 
Okay, so here's my take with that, with, with your with what you just said. Raw, I don't know what Raw. Uh, uh, Garrett Raw is the, is the coach of Nigeria. Raw, I don't know what his style is, to be honest. Um, but keep in mind, this this is a national team. It's hard to instill your. It's not like a, a club team where you play, you know, week in week out. This is a national team that he probably had what, like, I think three weeks or, or so to organize his team and instill whatever his style of play. And he had different players. He he had new players from 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 the Russian team, like the 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 Russian World Cup squad. There he made some changes. So. Yes, I understand what you're saying. It doesn't look like they have an organization on the field, but you know, keep in mind, it, it's a national team. They don't have much time to train, and, and he doesn't have much time to instill. They don't have preseason. So they my my things. point is, everyone has that excuse. Every national team coach in that tournament has that same excuse. But even watching Madagascar, they had a go-to play. Yes, they had someone they could pass many, the ball to. How many Madagascar players play in Madagascar? Like, they probably had more time to train. I don't know. I mean, I can't tell. I, don't, I, have, to, I have to look it up. Bottom line but, is, I don't think that's an excuse. You it, can always, you should always have your key player. Can you tell me right now, as a fan of the Nigerian soccer national team, who's Nigeria's go-to player? I mean, I, I don't know. Okay, so, no. so therein lies the problem. And I just don't see a playing identity when I watch yeah. the team. If that would be good enough to win us a tournament... Maybe that's fine with mm. the FA, but I just don't see. I don't see when I watch the Nigerian team. I yeah. just don't see that identity. Yeah. Th this is how they play. I mean, I mean, you said yourself, Egypt is doing very well, and the reason why they're doing very well is because a lot of their players play in Egypt, and they play for Al Ali. Uh, so except for the few that you know, like for example, uh, El Neni and, and Salah that play outside of, of Egypt. But I think playing like playing together, having more time on the you know as a team is good. I I mean, yes. While we can't make that, we have to make that same excuse for every 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 team in the yes. tournament. Um, it, we, I think we're just unlucky. I think I think that game was just an unlucky game, and mentally they were not, you know, they checked out already, in my opinion. Um, but that said, I think this is a wake up call for the team, and I think they will they will show up in the next game. I think they're going to give their all, and, and we'll see what happens. I am hopeful that we show up because I would I would like to celebrate as a Nigerian winning this Nations Cup, well, but. I'll have to just hold my hopes on that and see. Yes, and uh, a few teams uh, in in the uh, in in Afcon got uh, nine points. They finished if, the group uh, with all three wins. Uh, would if I'm not mistaken, I think that list would include Egypt and Morocco, and I'm I'm not surprised. I just think they do better in in the Cup of Nations. I think it's co coming from the cohesion of playing together sure. and having an identity, playing identity when they play the. They play the game, and I just, I still think that they are the favorites in this tournament. Yeah, it feels like the North North Africans are the ones doing better. And this is what it is. They've played Senegal. Yes. Morocco was it Morocco who beat Senegal, and also sorry, Morocco beat Ivory Coast, and also Algeria beat Senegal. Algeria beat Senegal. So that yeah. just shows you that they're not they're not playing pushovers in the tournament. They're playing the actual heavyweights, and they're putting them in their place. So. That, that that's a sign of things to come in the knockout stages yeah yeah no good good deal um, i mean so last time that uh, in the world cup in 2018 uh, a few teams had nine points and they didn't end up winning the world cup so anything can happen that's a good I still, counterpoint that's yeah a good i still think i still think i still think um i i still think uh i don't think egypt i think you have egypt winning the, the tournament i still think they're not going to win it but uh we'll, we'll see keep in mind their hosts so if yes. if, if Things don't go their way, 
the twelfth player, the number twelve, yeah. will go their way. So yeah. just keep that in mind. Yeah, the the fourth official, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the fans in this case. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, so let's uh, move on to our next uh, competition. There's so many competitions this summer; it's crazy. Um, the Gold Cup has reached the semifinals. Um, and what do you? What's your take on that? I've not been watching the Gold Cup to be honest, so I think you've been, you've done more viewing. So let, give us your take on on the Gold Cup. The Gold Cup is in the semifinals, and we have Haiti playing Mexico and Jamaica playing the USA. I think Haiti being in the semifinals is a thing of beauty. It is awesome. They beat Canada, Almighty yeah. Canada. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I I I would be surprised if Mexico had it right in the park, a stroll in the park against Haiti, because Mexico has struggled in this tournament they, they they struggled to beat martinique and they also struggled to beat costa rica when they recently played so i just i expect a feel of a, an actual soccer tournament when haiti plays mexico same goes for jamaica and usa i didn't expect jamaica to beat panama panama has been the 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 standout of this tournament for me they played very well and now they they're coming up they lost to jamaica and the USA hasn't been convincing. They played Curacao, and yeah. it was it was yes. like a nail-biting affair. So yeah. coming into the semifinals, I think it's just an open field. I think anyone who wants to win this semifinal has a chance of winning. Okay, awesome. Um, so um, what are your predictions? You think Jamaica is, is going to beat USA? Or yeah, 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 yeah. I'm tired wait, wait. Of, so Jamaica is going to be. USA. I am tired of the predictable. So I'm just going to go for the for the upset. Jamaica beats the USA. Awesome. I go for that awesome. upset. Yeah, I still think Mexico is still going to win that tournament, the whole tournament. Um, but uh, I, I'm happy to see Haiti. Like uh, you know, they've gone through a lot of problems. You know, as a as a country too. So it's good to have them. And I actually, you know what? You know what? I hope Haiti wins. But realistically mexico mexico will let's say it's underdog win. day i i you know what underdog I hope, day <laughs> i hope Haiti wins and i hope jamaica wins how about that today is july 2nd we've declared it as the underdog, underdog day, day. Yes. okay awesome all right is that why the usa beat england well <laughs> well no <laughs> awesome okay all right so we're gonna move on to um club soccer because you know we've been talking about international soccer for so long um and ac milan has been banned from uh the europa league uh as part of the punishment for uh breaching financial fair play um and it's making me sad so i, I gotta ask you this because i've been thinking about this ever since the news came out as a fan of ac milan how does this make you feel um well t first of all to be honest um i don't care about europa league uh, I wanted to go back to UEFA Champions League, and uh, that's where my heart is, you know, Champions League. So, th is this a good thing for AC Milan in terms of money and revenue and, and things like that? Maybe not. But is it a good thing for us to... Will this help us focus on top four next season? Hell yes. So, I'm, I, I'm actually happy about the news. Uh, the one thing I'm very mad about and this has to do with the, the media they you know all the media outlets that I mentioned this said ASMR's banned from you know Europa League as if we did not like we suggest that we be banned from the from from the tournament and, and but the media made it seem like oh they're banned because they're bad so so in my research about this issue what I came about was breaching financial fair play rules means you do not get to, one of the punishments for, for breaching financial fair play is you don't get to play in an european tournament so i know the media has oversold this as ac milan being banned 
But I would I wouldn't say AC Milan subjected or suggested that they want to be banned. I think it's more of a this is the punishment and you have to comply while AC Milan can pursue legal alternative legal means and draw this out like we see some other people across the pond do they choose to just say okay we're just gonna comply and not even drag this further that's my position on this yeah but no, I, well so i think you're right they didn't want to drag it um i, I think that's i mean i it, the news the the milan rumors and all the you know the people that actually follow the milan people they said that we suggested that that be the punishment um, and I think UFI was like, oh, it's one of our rules or one of our punish list of punishments. Uh, because to be honest, they could have fined us. Like, if this was UEFA Champions League, like, if, if we were in the Champions League, I'm pretty sure we would not say we want to be banned. I think they would have they would have said, let's do something else. Let's pay fine. Let's play, you know, let's do something else. Because there are a list of things that they could do. And I don't think banning us from the Champions League would have been an option for, for Milan. But because I think... Uh, they probably didn't get a lot of money from Europa last season. I think that's part of the reason why they thought maybe a better thing. And I don't think a lot of people watch Europa League as they watch Champions League. So, so it, we don't know the real truth because we weren't behind the doors, or, you know. So, but uh, I, I'm re I'm really happy about the deal. Um, but I, I'm upset that I mean, in my opinion, I think the media overblew it. Like you know, it was. It, yeah, my, it was my a, position in this is we're getting banned from the UEFA Europa League. Which I don't think would have won in the first place. Yes. Yes, I'm a pessimist. I, I, yes. I'm just being yes. realistic. I don't think we would have won in the first place. We, so well, if, if this gets us in a position where we can prioritize, and I'm not even talking about top four. Top four would be nice. But prioritizing the direction of the club sure, sure. is where I'm thinking. Prioritizing the direction of the club to the point of who wants to stay at this club. Yes. So that we can actually build something that's going to go beyond just barely making Champions League. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So that is where I feel like this is the right decision to make and just focus on the essentials of this football club and, and go yeah. from there. I mean, we have we have a new coach now, Gianpaolo. So we don't know what he's going to do. I mean, his record is not good. Uh, I think I, he's had 49 wins and 48 losses for Sampdoria. That, that's like a coin um, toss. I mean, I could yeah, imagine yeah, well yeah. just toss, toss, toss. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so that's not a good thing. But, but uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping uh, we, we turn out to be good. But when Milan is back, we're going to win the Champions League. That's going to be our and, first. And, and that's, so my opinion about just soccer and domination in general is it's, it, it's troughs, like troughs and lows. Sure. Like you have your high moments and your low moments. And I think this is part of the game. It's a lull. We're going to come back when we're ready. And sure. when we're ready, we're going to win. Yeah. We're going to win trophies because that's what we do. And what's your take on FFP, with, especially like um, with the person that started the whole FFP? Yeah, yeah. so the, the whole FFP idea for me is, is laughable. It, it, it's something that has a place in the game. But when I just think about it, this was, this was Michel Platini's brainchild. This is what, what he campaigned on to become year for president. And this same person ironically is being charged with corrupt practices Corruption, like leading yes. to the world cup and all, all kinds of things so for me it's just interesting how it, it came from a good place and it has a place in the game i just want it to be to be implemented across the board because sure. i mean we, we i'm not like i i don't i'm not like a mathematician or anything but i just from from looking at some clubs and how they do 
transfers. And, Master <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So just looking at some clubs, you just wonder, you know, like, are the books balanced? Is somebody checking? Yeah. Or yeah. is somebody funneling money through some sponsorship deal? Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. It will be, I think it's something that we could probably talk about later. But uh, uh, there's a lot of, it's funny because Platini got arrested and, and he, uh, you know, implemented or, or campaigned on FFP. So that would that would be very interesting um, to see how that plays out uh, and see if he's found guilty of corruption. All right, so anything else to talk about? I think we've covered a lot today. I mean, just from the Women's World Cup and all the other topics we covered. I'm excited for tonight, though. It's it's like a couple hours from yeah. now. I'm excited for Brazil-Argentina. Yes, should be a good game. All right, uh, thank you for listening to the fourth official soccer podcast. Simon, can you tell them how they can find us? Sure, I want to suggest to our listeners at home, you can always subscribe to our podcast on all the different platforms that we're on. We're on Spotify, we're on Google Music, and we're also on Apple, Apple. Podcast. And just search for Fourth Official Soccer Podcast. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Fourth Official SP. That's the number four TH Official SP. And thank you so much for listening. We're counting on you to subscribe. Yes, we, 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 you know, we've been getting feedback and we, you know, we love the feedback. So please keep them coming. You can, you know, send it to us directly or send it to us on Twitter. Uh, we'd love your feedback. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.